sustenance, but he had been handy with a rifle, and their table had benefited from his good aim. Yet she didn't regret sending him packing. She'd rather eat beans and bacon seven days a week and feel that her charges were safe than enjoy wild game and have to worry about illicit shenanigans. Their plates full, everyone picked up their forks and partook of the feast. While they ate, Easy conversation floated around the table, covering the whine of a cold wind outside. It sounded as if a storm was brewing, but Christina had no concerns. The sturdy limestone construction of the towering three-story house could withstand Kansas wind, rain, hail, and snow. How she loved this house and the security it provided her and the needy individuals who resided beneath the roof of the Brambleville Asylum for the Poor. And what a unique group of needy now filled the chairs. Louisa assisted Tommy Kilgore, the little blind boy who'd been deposited on the poor farm steps two years ago. And her sister-in-law, Rose, saw to the seven-year-old orphaned twins, Joe and Flory Alexander. Their newest arrival a quiet young woman named Cora Jennings, who claimed her mother had cast her out, slipped from her chair and circled the table, refilling coffee cups. On the opposite side of the long table, Wes helped himself to a second serving of corn and then ladled more gravy on Harriet Schwartz's plate. Observing the simple-minded man's solicitude for the elderly woman, Christina couldn't help but smile. Then she swallowed a chuckle when Francis stole a piece of meat from his sister's plate, earning a reprimand from his mother. Christina held her fork idle beside her plate and simply basked in the feeling of family, represented by this ragtag assortment of discarded humanity. Love swelled in her breast for every one of the people sharing her table, from chubby little Joe to gray-headed Herman. Oh, father. A prayer formed effortlessly within her heart. Thank you, that even though Mama and Papa are with you now instead of with me, I am not alone. I will always have my residents who bring me such joy and fulfillment. Miss Willems. Wes's voice pulled Christina from her reflections. Ain't there no bread? Need it to soak up my gravy. Christina gave a rueful shake of her head. No, we used the last of it at lunch, but don't worry. I mixed dough this afternoon, and before I retire this evening, I'll bake enough loaves to carry us through the coming week. We'll have bread with every meal tomorrow. Rose turned her pert gaze in Christina's direction. Would you like my help with the bread baking? The residents shared the operations of the poor farm to the extent their age and abilities allowed. Despite Rose's perky tone, her shoulders drooped with tiredness from dusting furniture and mopping the oak floors of the rambling house that afternoon. Christina squeezed the older woman's hand. Bless you for your willingness, but I'll see to the bread baking myself, and I'll see to the supper cleanup as well. A soft mutter of protests rose, but Christina waved her hands and stilled the voices. No, no, you've all done more than enough work today.
The others returned to eating with no further arguments. Satisfied, Christina pressed her fork into the mound of potatoes on her plate. Ultimately, the Brambleville Asylum for the Poor was her responsibility, just as it had once been her father's. She would honor his memory by meeting the needs of her charges, as well as Papa had. Miss Willems! Miss Willems, wake up! The persistent voice cut through Christina's dreams, rousing her from a sound sleep. She blinked into the gray-shrouded room. A small shape in a white nightshirt, giving the appearance of an apparition, leaned over her bed. One of the children. Although weary, Christina chose a kind tone. Yes, who is it? Hands pawed at the edge of the mattress. It's me, ma'am. Tommy. He no doubt needed someone to escort him to...